You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I have a question for you. Do you know your neighbours? And if you do know your neighbours, do you trust them enough to mind your children? When I was a kid, we used to run through our neighbours' houses and round about the back reserve. Today, things have changed. A sense of community can feel elusive in our modern day, but once you find it, it can hold you safe in challenging times. So has Australia lost its sense of community and what difference does it make when you have it? Andrew Lee is the federal member for Fenner and the co-author with Nick Terrell of Reconnected, a community builder's handbook. Welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thanks, Siobhan. Great to be with you. I love that idea of uh, connections keeping us safe. I've never heard it phrased that beautifully before. (laughs) Well, I think particularly at the moment, it's something that we all feel. Um, But I'm curious to know how you define the idea of community spirit. So I think of community in a whole host of different ways. It's the people who are close to us, who we can rely on when something goes wrong. It's the more distant connections that we use to to get a job or the links with our neighbours. It's the groups that we're a part of uh, and the organisations that we volunteer for. So there's this whole tapestry of uh, connections, uh, community connections, uh, what uh, uh, sociologists call social capital, uh, which we're exploring and reconnected. So when I was a child in the late 70s and early 80s, did Australia have a stronger sense of community spirit in those years? I'm afraid it does, yes. I mean, they often say nostalgia isn't what it used to be, but in this case, it's actually <laughs> true that, uh, that the strength of civil society was stronger. Uh, and that's uh, true if we look at something as basic as the number of friends that Australians had. Uh, if we look from 1985 through to uh, uh, 2018, uh, we find the number of trusted friends uh, halving for a, a typical Australian. And the number of neighbours that we know also halved over that same period. Ironically, in the 35 years since the TV show Neighbours first hit our screens, Australians know half as many of our neighbours as we used to. Do you have any sense of why that's happened? I think part of it is uh, that we're time poor and uh, that puts additional pressures on. There's also been a a series of technologies which we've appreciated, such as uh, ubiquitous car transport, television, smartphones, all of which improve our everyday lives, but have tended to make us a little less connected to our neighbours and to community organisations. So it's not about turning the clock back. We don't want to get rid of these technological innovations, but we want to think about how we rebuild community uh, in a more technologically advanced era. Uh, You also touch on things like social clubs um, and you mentioned things like Rotary and Lions, the Lions Club, which um, is definitely something I used to hear a lot about when I was a kid. Of course, there was also guides and brownies and those sorts of things. Do we know whether people are still participating in those kinds of social groups as much? 
We do, and uh, the news isn't very good there. Uh, to start off with, uh, Siobhan, there are fewer organisations per person uh, than there were uh, in the 19, 1970s. Uh, the number of associations per adult is now at a quarter of its level in the late 1970s. Then if you survey organisations and you ask them how many members they've got, uh, you see a big fall in the uh, largest organisations, Scouts, RSL, Rotary, Lions... Uh, and then if you ask people, are you involved in any organisation, uh, you see a significant drop over the, uh, the past generation. So pretty much whichever way you cut it, associational life has waned. And what, I mean, I'm sure people would listen to this and think, oh, but I'm, I might not be a member of a formal club, but, you know, I've got my swimming group or I've got my um, friends that I do book club with, that kind of thing. Would it be fair to say that while some institutions or social groups have declined, others have come in to take their place? Absolutely. It's just there haven't been as many coming in as going out. But one of the reasons Nick Terrell and I wrote Reconnected uh, was to showcase some of these great social entrepreneurs. Uh, I've had the privilege of uh, being the Shadow Assistant Minister for Charities over the course of the last seven years, which has given me a chance to meet with thousands of Australian charities and social entrepreneurs. I really wanted to set about uh, telling their story. So Nick and I have, have drawn together together so much of the great work that's been doing uh, because we do think that building community isn't something we can leave to other people uh, it's not just a job for government uh, it's a job for all of us to uh, build a more connected society now here's a really obvious question and possibly a stupid one but what are the benefits of having a stronger social fabric well, they say loneliness is as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Uh, so there's clearly uh, health benefits. There's also benefits economically. Commerce works better if business people trust one another than if everyone's distrusting. Uh, and a life lived with others is, is just a, a more pleasant life. Now, I really enjoy being on a street where I know my neighbours' names and uh, where I feel as though they would step in if there was anything untoward happening. Uh, we know when disasters hit that we rely on those around us. And, and actually one of the things we've noticed this year as coronavirus has hit has been the outpouring of mutual aid groups in Australian suburbs. The challenge now is to harness that, make sure it's not just a flash in the pan, but it actually helps to deal with this long-term challenge of disconnection that Australia is facing. And I'm playing devil's advocate here because I love knowing my neighbours and being able to ask for a cup of sugar or just to have a chat over the clothesline. But what about those that are just like, oh, it's just too much effort like to, to be connected with those people around them? The ones, people who are worried that it might impinge on their own personal space or their already harassed lifestyles to have other people come into their lives. What would you say to those people? Well, there's a few of them, but uh, by and large, Australians would like us to be more of a nation of joiners than a nation of individualists. There is a yearning to be more connected. It's not necessarily a matter of going back to the civic clubs of the 1950s. Obviously, each generation needs to build its new connections. Uh, but I think there is a, a broad sense in the, in the community uh, that we're better as a society of we than a society of me. You look at Australia's great achievements, very few of them are achieved by isolated individuals. The vast majority are team efforts, achievements of people working together, uh, whether that's uh, 
on the battlefield, on the sporting field, or just in terms of creating stronger institutions. Uh, all of those things come from working together, not from working alone. And what are some of the first steps that we could take like right now, today, in terms of building a stronger community around our own families? One of the things that uh, is, is important, I think, in a family context is to use devices in a way that connect us to one another rather than disconnect. Nick Terrell and I call this cyber connecting. Uh, so there's great volunteer matching websites, for example. There's ways in which you can volunteer online to help out the Australian Museum or the National Library. But we need to be mindful in our use of technology. Uh, you know, it's easy to forget that back in 2005, we didn't have ubiquitous smartphones, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp, all of these things have emerged relatively recently. And they're designed by people who know how to hook us with their new technologies. So we need to be more mindful in how we use social media, how we manage email, how we set boundaries for uh, kids around these things. Because none of us was uh, born knowing how to, uh, to use technology as effectively as possible. All of us has to, have, to, have to learn that. And I just moved into a, a new suburb. Should I just go and knock on my neighbour's door and say hello? Well, you're coming up to the end of the year and uh, I would suggest, Siobhan, that you become the one that puts on the neighbourhood street party. <laughs> no one else normally does it, but my guess is no one else will be doing it. And, and here's my tip. It is insanely straightforward. It takes, you, it takes my wife and I about 15 minutes to uh, write out an invitation, photocopy it, and put it in our neighbours' letterboxes. The magic acronym BYO ensures you don't have to feed and water all of your neighbours. They'll, uh, they'll bring, bring something quite happily. And even if you hate all your neighbours, it's still <laughs> worth an hour of your time every year because they're, they're more likely to keep you safe. They're more likely to be there if, so, if something goes wrong. As it happens, we really like our neighbours. And so it's a tiny investment with a huge payoff. Oh, I love that idea. I'm not sure what my husband will say. But Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. Real pleasure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. That's Andrew Lee. He's a co-author with Nick Terrell of Reconnected. And if you'd like to find a copy of the book, there'll be links in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.